Well, we are in a series, the third week of a series now called Gospel Deep. And uh, I'm not sure if that song captures it better, right? Like, uh, wow. Gospel Deep, that's where we are. Uh, what does it mean? It means no matter what we're doing, no matter where we're going, the gospel truth can rock that piece of our life more than we ever thought. Every aspect of our life touched because of the truth of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done at the cross. And that's what we're looking at today. We're going to look at Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17. Just taking a look at two verses. Uh, This is like the thesis statement for the book of Romans, these two verses. This is what it's all about, all right? And so as we're diving in here... Make sure we're learning. So, so what does it mean, gospel deep? So what's the breadth of it and the depth of it? And how do I go after that uh, throughout the course of this year? All right. So uh, turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And uh, we've got ushers coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. All right. Romans 1, 16 and 17. So uh, what should I do to take a stand for this gospel? What do I need to know about it? And uh, so first point, grasp it. God's good news is nothing to be ashamed of. Grasp it. God's good news is nothing to be ashamed of. He says here in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now, you know, as we walk through the scripture here, we try to walk verse by verse, phrase by phrase, word by word, right? And so, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Let's start with the word gospel and let's back our way up, make sure we understand the whole of it. So the gospel, what is the gospel? How do I answer that question? And think about it for a second. If someone comes up and they're like, tell me, what's the gospel? What would your answer be? Think about it. Make sure you really get an answer there first. This isn't that moment where you check out and start thinking about 11 o'clock or something. What would you answer? All right. So what is the gospel? So I put a couple things down here. Obviously, we've already said this a couple times, but the simple one, if you have no other answer and you're really stumped, just remember three words, right? And those three words are him for me, right? Uh, him for me. That's a simple way to explain the gospel. And uh, then from there, you can start putting meat on the bones. Here's a little more meat on the bones. We talk about it as the Romans road, right? Romans 310. Uh, there is none righteous. Nobody's perfect and uh, kind of easy to accept. Do you make mistakes? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. Romans 323 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God missed the mark. Romans 323 come short of The glory of God. Don't miss that. The measuring stick is not the guy next to you. The measuring stick is the glory of God. And we've come up short. And none of us is perfect. And Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from him because of where we stand. And hang on. Are you telling me every single person is in that position? Yes, I am. Well, then how does this thing work? But... The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hope. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And well, how do I get that gift? Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if we believe he is raised from the dead, if we confess him as Lord, then you will be saved. 
That's how we embrace it, through belief and confession. And that's a simple gospel message. Romans 3.10, 3.23, 6.23, and Romans 10, 9 and 10. And uh, But hear me on this. Be careful. Because if you take just that explanation, the name of Jesus Christ was mentioned but one time. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then we kind of like move on. Like we sort of checked out. And it becomes this thing that's all about me. And, and it's where I was in my actions and where I will be in my belief and confession. And it's all that I'm doing. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a biblical explanation. But let's not say just man-centered, okay? That's the man side of it. What's God's side of it? When Paul was basically trying to make clear what the gospel message was, he penned 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through uh, 5, 6, 7. You can kind of stop in there. So I'm going to read a piece of it. Listen to this. Paul's view of the gospel. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, meaning I claimed it, but I didn't follow through with anything. I wasn't letting it affect me. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Here's the gospel. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. And that he appeared to Cephas, to the twelve. He appeared to five hundred and more. That he appeared to James, the apostle. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me, the apostle Paul. That he came to this earth... King of the universe, clothed in mankind's flesh, standing amongst his creation, that he died, he rose, that he was seen by many, he ascended into the heavens, and our King of kings rules over all. Our God did not just die, our God provides victory over sin, over death, and this world is being righted because of him. Do you hear a little more Jesus in that talk? The gospel. Okay, let me ask again. Do you hear a little more Jesus in that talk? Right? Like, let's make sure when we're explaining the gospel that we make sure we put it, Jesus Christ, from beginning to end, hope in him. His work, his effort, his purity, his perfection, all to give those of us who said, enough of you, I'll do my own thing, hope. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice for us, the gospel. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. See, that's what he's talking about. I am not ashamed to take a stand in a position to speak of my king and what he's done for me. To, to grasp the hope, to grasp the perfection that is not mine, it is his. And the payment that is not mine, it is his. And I but need to respond with belief and confession. I am not ashamed. I will take that stand. And I will take it every moment I get a chance. I am not ashamed. What's the word ashamed mean? Well, think of it this way. Uh, shame is when somebody presses in on you. They think you're wrong, and so they're they're pressing in. They're they're calling out to you that you've made a mistake. And in fact, they're even wanting to showcase it. And in shame, you're sort of brought into the public humiliation as they press down on you. The world loves to do this, right? And uh, if you believe in Jesus, you may even get a little eye roll, right? And, and then they start shaming, pushing in. To say, I will not be ashamed... 
ashamed. See, that's not the same thing as saying shame may come. The world may press in. But ashamed is when we accept what the world is delivering as if it's true. Do you hear me? Ashamed is when you accept the shame pressing in on you and you go, well, maybe this is a mistake. Maybe I am a moron. Maybe I shouldn't be doing or believing these things. And, and let's be careful. Uh, I am not ashamed means, Lord, I will not hear the battle cry of the world as they try to tear you down. I will not stand beside that. I will not be embracing it. I embrace you as my King of Kings and Lord of Lords. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Next word, four. Read very carefully when you read scripture, right? Uh, That word tells you everything. It's a statement of cause. Because, right? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation. It is the power of God for salvation. It's a chance for us to understand God at work. The power of God. His righteousness. Unmatchable ability. Him at work for me. Yet gently working in our lives and bringing us around. The power of God. You see, what he's not saying is this. Hey, you want to be saved? Dude, I have a list of works for you. And it's time for you to start doing these things. And as long as you can check off at least two-thirds, then you might be doing okay, right? That is the power of man unto salvation. It doesn't work, all right? There is no such thing as good enough. There is no such thing as getting there because of my own efforts. And, And so when we see this phrase, imagine now reading for the first time, you've now been trying to work your way to heaven, You've been trying to get it done through anything good you could get done, trying to grab the favor of the God of the universe. And all of a sudden you read this verse that says, it is the power of God unto salvation. Are you hearing it? Like who owns that power? God almighty. Who owns that power? God owns that. Who owns that power? That's who owns the power and it isn't our works and it isn't our effort and it isn't our power. It is his power unleashed in me, the power of God. Wow. What a great privilege to have him grab a hold of my soul. The moment the power of God works in our lives, right? Ephesians 2 says we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We're heading our own direction. We are going our own way. And in that moment, he is lifting us up. He is breathing life in. We, for the first time, are getting who he is. The veil is torn off. Second Corinthians 3, 4, 5 there, right? The veil being torn off. The ministry of reconciliation taking place. You becoming a new creation. Second Corinthians 5. Adopted as his child, Romans chapter 8. You, on fire for him for the first time, the power of God at work in your life. Amen? That's what we're talking about. See, when we talk about verses 16 and 17 here, we're talking about the whole of Romans packed into two verses. And every word counts. We have to be so careful as we walk through this. The power of God unto salvation is you being rocked by him and you grasping that you would never get there on your own, 
right? This is that moment where we're understanding, what was I thinking? I'm finally getting the whole of it, and we're going to talk about a little bit more of it in just a second, but the power of God requires we understand righteousness as well, and man, we don't understand how much God is doing in our lives until we grasp how little we could actually do. That's when we finally start getting it. It says the power of God unto salvation. Huge word. Salvation. Now, hear me on this. This is a big deal, so don't check out. I need every eye up here for a moment. Salvation. This is a word that's used about the future. All right? Salvation. And you're like, what? I've heard that word saved. You can be saved today, right? And it's about, be careful. What? I don't understand that. And uh, salvation. It's about this. I have something today as a guarantee. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, sealing me, right? I have the Spirit today as a guarantee of what will happen tomorrow. And what is that tomorrow? As I stand before God Almighty and His judgment seat, we're actually told, Hebrews 9.27, is it appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. You and me, every one of us, will be standing before God Almighty, Him as judge. Here's the deal. Some of us standing before him with Jesus Christ by our side, basically, and some of us on our own. And uh, be careful. May you have that stand before your God with him covering you. It is appointed unto man once to die. Reincarnation. What do we think of that now? Right? There's a verse that's pretty simple. It is appointed unto man once to die. Not five times to die, twice as a cow. Right? And uh, think about it. Scripture's pretty clear about where we should stand in our religious position, all right, in our take of what God is trying to teach us. And it is appointed unto man once to die, and and then we stand before the Almighty King and His demand of righteousness. Uh, It's not a position I want to stand on my own righteousness. I mean, I can think back into just the last two weeks and say, yeah, I don't really want to be standing on that righteousness, let alone you start looking at a lifetime of what you've lived and not lived and May we stand before him with hope. And he says, there is salvation. I wrote these words down. There is rescue. There is uh, an event in the future that keeps us, protects us, provides for us. Yeah, we can say we're saved today, but it's because we're sealed in the Holy Spirit. Salvation is not that moment where I've made the commitment. Salvation is that moment in the future as we stand before the king and he now says these words. This is my child. I love this one. I have this one covered with my sin, with my blood. I have this one absolutely protected. I have clothed them with my righteousness. This is my new creation. And this one stands on my righteousness. Name's in the book. Open it up and check. That's what's going on. All right? That's what it means. Salvation. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Hope that we stand before our God with him declaring for us forgiveness. Freedom. A passion that lasts for eternity. Salvation. Wow. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's God's wrath averted. It's God's glory poured out. It's perfection forever. It's our hope with our King, the good news of Jesus Christ. And the gospel, well, it affects every facet of us. 
Now, some of us could be sitting here right now and we're like, I think I knew this. And uh, I'm not sure I really hear it any differently. Do me a favor then and walk through each word and let it touch you afresh. For I am not, everybody say not, I am not ashamed. Think of what that word means, ashamed. I am not what? I will not be ashamed. There is power. There is hope. There is purpose. Why will I not be ashamed? Because it says for it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto what? Man, we better grasp these words. It is whose power? You're getting it, right? We need to be able to answer that so quickly and so readily. God at work in my life when I didn't warrant it and I don't earn it. And it's all about him. Wow. Now he goes on to explain a little bit more about how we get that. We're going to cover that in the second point. So let's bring it down to right here and now today. I'm just going to throw a word out. Tell me the, don't tell me. That's too many people talking. Think about it. What's the first word that pops in your mind when I say Syria? Okay. Was it Obama or red line? Right. Was it uh, chemical weapons or genocide? What are some other words I wrote down here? Was it Al-Assad? I never even knew how to spell that until I put it in my paper. Al-Assad? I, what popped into your mind? Right? When you think about it, how about economy? Uh, you could be messing us up, man, or be careful with, or, or Syria. We think a lot about the horizontal when we think about it. How about this? Let's, next time we hear that word, think vertical. All right? My request to you is when you hear Syria, and trust me, you will hear it. When you hear the word Syria, now think vertically. So here's a little bit of vertical statement. God at work in Syria. All right? I was looking some things up this last week, and uh, here's a couple things I found. So there was a guy who had taken a stand for Jesus Christ. He was not ashamed of the gospel. And so he decided to reach out and become uh, pretty aggressive in being able to share where he was with Christ and what Christ meant to him. He was true with his family, with his friends, with his workers where he was at. He was found guilty by the government. A little bit shady on how they found him guilty because technically he was allowed to share the way he did. But nonetheless found guilty. They basically didn't want him sharing. Why? 99% Muslim, half percent Christian. That's the community of Syria. That's the nation of Syria. And so he's in that community trying to share out one every so many miles and trying to share the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And they found him guilty. They said, we sentence you to death, death by hanging. And so the day of the hanging, he was standing there, hands behind his back, rope around his neck. And the general who would be hanging him said, man, renounce now and you can live. And his statement was, I will not be ashamed. I will not. I take my stand with my Savior. And if he chooses to take me home today, then so be it. Right? And basically saying, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's where he's at. Then so be it. And if he chooses to have me live, then so be it. 
Do what you will. General looks at him and goes, unbelievable. Do it. And as he's stepping aside, the floor falls, the man drops, the rope goes tight, and it starts unwinding. And goes, snap. And he drops to the ground. As the general's just hitting the bottom step, he turns and walks over to the man, almost trembling. And he says, whatever God you worship has just chosen to give you life. Get out. And he released them. In that area, there were 12 or 13 Christians at that time. It's about 18 months ago. Uh, currently, there are over 300 Christians, 70 families. Christ being worshipped in the area. God at work. It is the power of God unto salvation. Hear me. In a desolate community, harshly against Jesus Christ, God is working the power of God unto salvation. He absolutely is sharing out who he is and where he's at work and know this. People are coming to know him as savior. It is a community where God has said there will be names coming to worship me in this nation. I said every nation, and I mean this nation too. Here's my request. As you hear the name Syria come up, you think vertically. God Almighty, who are you working with? Who could I stand in the gap and pray for right now? I don't know names, but Lord, who's being pressed because they're not ashamed? I will take that stand with them in prayer right now. Give them courage. Give them hope. Give them an answer. Lord, may they see you fully and firmly and have a peace in you like never before. Be praying for them, will you? Be praying for that community and culture that is deathly in need of a savior. That's a simple application. Syria, how about your life? We bring it to America. The judgment there is like hanging. The judgment here is the dreaded eye roll. Right? Let's just bring it down a little bit to brass tacks. We're like, I couldn't have them roll their eyes at me. I could not imagine having to handle that. Right? Let's be careful. Let's make sure that we are not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, the God of the universe decided that he would clothe himself with humanity. He would enter this place and live with us. God with us. The answer is Jesus Christ. He would absolutely live a perfect life. That perfect life. Paying a penalty as he dies on the cross for our sin. And as his blood is shed on that cross. Righteousness has just paid. And now he gets to apply it wherever he chooses. Because he owes nothing. And he chooses to apply it into every life. Who will respond to him. That's our king. Take your stand. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. All right? Second, not just grasp it, believe it. Believe it. By faith alone, God's saving power is unleashed. By faith alone, God's saving power is unleashed. Notice it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To who? Everyone who believes, right? And and so it's available to all, everyone. Uh, Be careful. Don't change your theology and then try to change the words. To everyone 
who believes. It is absolutely offered up to all the nations, all the peoples, heaven, everyone included in here. And then there's a requirement who believes. Just so you know, this word believes in the, in the uh, Greek is actually in the ing form. It's an ongoing. Who is believing? Um, please hear me. It is not a prayer you pray. It is not a moment of time where you do or say something. I remember when I came forward or I remember when I... It isn't about that moment alone and then never again anything ever is happening, right? It's this ongoing commitment to your king. It is, is believing. I'm moving with him. Is believing. And uh, make sure that you grasp that. Make sure that that's a piece of your life that you are... Moving forward with him saying simply this, Lord, I desperately need you and I absolutely will follow you. Need and follow. That's saved. I desperately need you. Like I believe that you've risen from the dead. I believe there's power in your name and there's hope in your shed blood. I desperately need you and I absolutely will follow you. I confess you as my Lord. You hearing it? It is about an ongoing relationship with him. And uh, trust me, when he's made you a new creation, you're going to be rocking for him. Hey, there will be ups and downs. Uh, The Christian walk is about progress, not about perfection, right? And so we're moving along the way. We're making progress. And sometimes we've found a stopping point and some things we need to work on. Lord, please clarify. But the Christian walk is about progress. Over time, he is conforming you to his image. And that's a part of what believing in him means. It says to the Jew first, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, Why do you say that? Well, first of all, God is a God of order. He's got a plan. Jew first and then the rest. That's what that means, right? Jew first and then the rest. And why the Jew first? He went to his chosen people. He made it clear to them they could have a chance to respond in that. Jew first and then to the rest. Uh, and it went out to the Gentiles as the Jews began to get it, as they began to be dispersed and they spread it. Many people all over the place, many nations, uh, everyone, let's just say everyone, everyone has a chance to hear of the gospel and accept Christ as their savior. All right. It's a big deal. And uh, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek, it says uh, right after it for in it. Here we go. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Uh, For in it, meaning the gospel, the righteousness of who? Don't lose that. The power of God, now the righteousness of God. Again, remember you're reading this for the first time maybe, and you're like, hey man, I'm trying to earn a good standing with God. And it's the righteousness of God. That is revealed. It's his work in me. It's an amazing opportunity for God to do some life change in me. Notice it says the righteousness of God is revealed. And uh, we think of the word revealed and we think of something like shown, you know, like on display, like Vanna White turning a letter. And we're like, oh, she revealed the letter T. How helpful, right? And uh, revealing, like showing or, or maybe like let's make a deal. Do you remember that show? If you said yes, you date yourself with me and uh, let's make a deal, right? This crazy, goofy show where they're trying to figure out what to do and they pick out which uh, curtain it's behind and they're like, show us behind curtain number three. And it pulls back and there's some lame, horrible gift back there for them. And 
Everybody's like, oh, he made a mistake. He gave up a car for a jar of pickles and, and uh, revealed. Uh, yeah, it does mean shown, but it means way more than that. All right. It doesn't just mean God went righteousness. Here's my righteousness. And, and then that's it. He didn't just show it. It means he also shared it. Big deal. This word has a, an implication of, yes, it's also yours now. A sharing in, accounting towards. And uh, what a big deal this is. God's righteousness on display and able to be claimed as ours. And uh, wow. Uh, let me just tell you, there's a couple of big words that go with this. The word justified. Uh, that's God's righteousness paying what I owed. And uh, being justified means his shed blood on the cross. I just wrote this. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Romans 5, 9. Romans 5, 9. We're going to be getting to it. He's like, I'm telling you, his righteousness is doing huge things. His shed blood, paying the debt you owe, covering what you owe. That's justified. So if there's a debt, got that paid. But more than that, also... How do I get counted as righteous? Maybe my debt's covered, but so what? I'm still unrighteous. How does it work? And are uh, you ready for a big word? So here's the word. This is a theological term. Imputed righteousness. Okay, what does that word mean? It means mine counts for you. That's what Jesus is doing. When it says he clothes you with his righteousness, it doesn't mean you're instantly perfect. He clothes you with his righteousness means what he's done is counted towards you. Imputed, counted towards. And so you get to say his righteousness for me. See, we're not standing before him saying I'm good enough. We're completely missing this truth. If we are, we solely stand before our God justified and able to say anything to him because it's his righteousness laying over me. Wow. Imputed righteousness. His good is now my good. If you want to say it simply. All right. Uh, yeah, we don't deserve that. And yes, he's willing to do that out of his love. It says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. And uh, let me just say this. Um, it says right after it, from faith for faith, if you're in the ESV, from faith to faith, if you're in a couple other variations, uh, it starts and ends with faith. If you're in, I think that's what the NIV says, something close to that. This phrase is somewhat of a confusing phase, uh, phrase. From faith, for faith, or from faith to faith. Nobody's exactly sure what it means, but this they know. The word faith is pretty important. Right? It's like somehow in it, like faith beginning to end, man. That's what it's all about. And it's, it's about faith when it starts and about faith when it ends. It's not faith when it starts and then works. From faith, well, for works. See, it doesn't say that. From faith, for faith. From faith, to faith. Whatever the phrase is there in your translation, it simply means this. It's all about the faith that we have that allows this to all happen. It's not about us doing. It's not about us being. It's about us grasping. It's all in him. Can you hear all of Romans crashing down into these two verses? It's simply about the faith. Martin Luther, uh, the Reformation, whatever. Uh, history lessons. I like, I'm hard on history. I got to be telling you, it's not easy for me to get into history and, and learn a ton in it. But I'll tell you this, when you're talking about a guy who went a different direction with the whole church, 
because of these two verses, we might want to sit up and take notice. His thing was, hang on, God's power, God's righteousness, all just because of faith. Not me, just faith, God does all the rest. Whoa. And that's what started the big turn. All right? It's the clarity of the gospel message unleashed through faith. Simple question. Do you get that? Do you understand what God's doing simply because you're like, God, I can't do it on my own and it's all in you. May you have your way with me. Notice it says right after it, the righteous shall live by faith. This is in Habakkuk 2.4. And I won't go into the details, but the bottom line is there was some bad stuff coming down and they were going to be judged even by a horribly um, sinful nation. That nation was going to be risen up again and be used to judge Israel. And people were like, how can we survive under this? And the answer was, the righteous shall live by faith. Quote pulled forward to here. And Paul's like, get this, even in the Old Testament, by faith. That's what it was about. By faith. By faith in our God, by faith in what he's doing. We alone have a hope. Man, you don't earn it. That's what it's all about. Hand it over to him. And let him have his way with your soul. I, um, in the last couple of months, I've had a chance to uh, sit with several different people and talk to them and have them come to Christ. And it's been neat to watch that go down and see people wake up. And uh, one guy specifically I remember talking to and just a tough life and uh, you know, prison. And uh, gangs and uh, tons of tough life experience and uh, big dude and I'm talking to him in my office as we're chatting through some things had a privilege to do this with several guys and and as we're walking it through and tattoos all over him I love always asking when people have tattoos what the stories are and he had a story for every one of them and uh, and uh, as we talked it through he was like I'm just telling you I want to be done with all of it all that it represented, and I want to move forward. And uh, so we talked through the gospel message and the hope in Jesus Christ, and that there isn't an earning it on your part. You hand it over to him. You let him earn it for you. Tears filled in this boy's eyes. I mean, we're talking big dude tearing up, and he's like, hang on. Are you telling me him? Like he's doing it. And I just say, I believe in you. I trust in you. I'm going to follow you. And like all this unrighteous, that's what you've been calling it. I don't even know what it means. All the stuff I've been doing wrong is like wiped out. Yeah. I love this place. I'm telling you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's got to work. And uh, it's not just one time that happened. Multiple times of people recognizing God at work in their life and the power of God into salvation. And question, have you come to that spot? Are you there with him where you're like, I've been trying to earn it, but I'm setting it down. I believe it's the power of God. and It's the righteousness of God at work in my life. And it's not me. And please forgive me and use your shed blood. And wipe out what I owe. It's time for me to trust in you. Have you done that? And said, I need you desperately and I'm following you absolutely. 
Now's the time if you have not. I mean, right here, right now is the time. For those of you who have, do not lose sight of how you got to where you are. Never lose sight of it. Never be ashamed of it. Constantly worship your king. I'm just asking us to do this. We're just going to take a minute right here where we just bow our heads. We're not done. We got point number three. Uh, I always have to say that because I'm not even going into why. So let's just, let's just bow our heads in prayer for a moment. And uh, I don't want to take a ton of time here, but if you have not trusted in Christ as your Savior, if in this moment you're like, really, it's time. I need to believe in Him. Can you just take that moment right here? If you do trust in Christ as your Savior, be praying right now. Who knows what's going on in this place? That the Holy Spirit might move. Yeah, I want to pray to him. I want to do something to set something up here. I want to follow him and I don't know what it means. Maybe you just quote this prayer after me again. Like I said before, it is not saying a prayer. It's in believing and following him over a period of time. But maybe you just repeat what I say here as a starting point saying, yeah, God, I am in. I'm following. Dear Heavenly Father. I'm done. I'm done fighting. I'm done battling. I'm done trying to earn it. Please use your shed blood to replace what I owe. I believe. Please use your righteousness to cover me. Your power to change me. I'm done battling it alone. Please be my God. I'm ready to follow you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ I pray these things. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer this morning, if you are starting a following with him, I want to say it very carefully because it is an ongoing commitment to him. And it's not that moment. It's the what continues after to all of us together in it. If you did, that's what saved means when we're talking about the angels celebrating, when we're talking about a future time, we're standing before him and God says, that's my boy. That's my girl. Arm around, covered fully, absolute protection. I am not ashamed of that gospel. That's what it means to grasp it. That's what it means to believe it. Third step, declare it. Take a public stand and announce that you are a follower of Jesus. Declare it. Take a public stand and announce that you are a follower of Jesus. Hey, I just want to tell you, um, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. We're going to turn there real fast. If you want to turn to Matthew 28, 18 to 20, we're just going to take a moment. To look at a couple of words there. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. This is Jesus talking to the disciples and he's like, let me get this clear to you what the plan's going to be. Okay, let's get this clear where we're headed. And he says, go and make disciples. And we've talked about this before. There's actually only one verb there that's in the command form, make Make disciples. That's what we need to be about here is building followers. And then it tells us how. It gives the ING word. It says baptizing and teaching. Two different things that need to be going on. So guess what we do on Sunday mornings around here? Go ahead and take a guess out loud. You guys are geniuses, right? 
baptizing and teaching. That's what we do. We got the baptismal set right over here. And our goal is to absolutely be about those two things. And, and so our often we're walking through the word. And then a couple of times a year, we take time to do baptisms. And uh, we're going to be doing baptisms next week. All right. The 22nd. I'm excited about it. I'm excited for what that's going to be as a celebration as we uh, rally the entire service around baptisms. And I already have a a dozen or more that are going to be baptized and look forward to getting more to commit to that uh, today. All right. And uh, let me tell you, some people are like, baptism, isn't that kind of archaic? I mean, that's what they did way back then. Why do we do it now? And uh, didn't it mean something more then? And yeah, baptism meant something back then. That's absolutely true. It was cultural. It was social. But let me tell you, Romans chapter 6 says this is why we baptize. Because as we go down, we go down into the death with Jesus Christ and we come up into new life. It's tied theologically to Jesus Christ's work on the cross. And so when anything is ever tied to something theological, it doesn't move. There is absolutely no change. And while culture may have shifted, Christ has not. And his work has not. And so, yeah, we baptize. That's what we do, all right? Baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and so why be baptized? Because it's a commandment, Matthew chapter 28, right? So let's just answer a few questions on baptism for you. Why? Because it's a commandment. Uh, it's your chance to say, I love Jesus and I'm following him. I have believed and now it's time to be baptized. Everybody hear me on this. The order is belief and then baptism. What's the order? Belief and then baptism, right? And so I've trusted Christ as my Savior. Now I'm getting baptized, all right? And we'll answer a few questions that come up on that one. But uh, why be baptized? To tell everyone that I'm loving Him and I'm following Him, all right? Uh, Does it mean I have to have it all together? Uh, No, it means you have to not have it all together. That's why you're being saved, right? And uh, let's be honest. I'm here because I need a savior and that's what's going on. And I got some things I have to get right. Good. So do we all. If you've trusted Christ as your savior and you're ready to be following after him. And I mean, ready to follow him. Not like I'll do some, not the all. I'm not be careful. Like, Lord, what do you want done? I'm in. Then let's do this thing. All right. And uh, there's some things you don't know about in my life. Come join us. All right. We'll talk a few of them through if you need to, but let's get baptized. No, you don't have to have it clean. You have to have a savior, Jesus Christ, and you'll be willing to follow him. All right. Uh, How do we do baptism? All right. The word baptism means to immerse, to go under. Okay. And so we do full immersion. That's what we do here. All right. And, uh, it's, you know, if there's a case where for some reason that can't happen, we can talk it out, but we do full immersion. That's what we're about. And uh, I'm excited about it. It's about a cleaning. It's about a, uh, a looking uh, towards Christ and his death and resurrection. And we're reflecting that we're a part of that in the midst of it. All right. So, uh, by the way, there will be two questions that we're just kind of each person's going to be answering real simply up front. It's just how did I get saved? Like, when did I come to trust Christ as my savior? What was that like? What circumstances? What happened that I accepted him? And then the second one is, why do you want to be baptized? And uh, some of you are like, hang on, I got to talk. And uh, yeah, and uh, it's good to hear the powerful testimony of God at work, isn't it? It's good to be able to celebrate God changing lives. And uh, so, yeah, the second question, why do I want to be baptized? I'll just give you the answer to that one right now. All right. So the answer is, uh, I want to tell everyone I love Jesus Christ or, or because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I want everyone to know it. Uh, that's why I want to be baptized. All right. So there you go. You had two questions. and I already gave you the first one. So one more question to get resolved, and uh, we'll talk that out this week, all right? Uh, I was baptized in another church. Should I be baptized again in Harvest? Uh, 
Uh, I answer this the same way every time. No, we are not a cult. You don't get baptized into our church. You get baptized into Jesus Christ. The God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And that is a big, big deal. We are baptizing you into him. And if you've been baptized in another church and you're baptized into him, praise God. Once is good. That covers it. All right? All right. Uh, I have rededicated my life. Should I be baptized again? Uh, no, I get it. Like you're on fire again. And there was a season where you weren't and you love to celebrate this fire. And, but let me tell you, there's a better way to celebrate that. Let's get you plugged in and serving. Let's get you sharing your testimony in other venues. All right. Baptism is about the first dedicated statement of I'm following him now. Okay. And so rededicating, that's not about rebaptizing. Does everybody understand that? Getting a little checkout on that. Does everybody get that? All right, good. And uh, I was baptized as an infant, and that's it. Should I be baptized again? Yeah, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you were baptized before it as an infant, well, that was your parents making a commitment as to how they wanted to raise you. Now that you are a follower of Christ, remember, belief and then baptism. So now, yeah, it is time for you to step up and be baptized with us, all right? And so if you trust in Christ as your Savior and have not since been baptized, this is for you, okay? Some of you are like, oh, I'm feeling some heat now. And uh, just hang on. It'll be okay, all right? When should we be baptized? September 22nd. (laughs) All right? That's what it's all about. It's about let's be faithful to taking a stand and declaring him as our king. Let's let this congregation know. Let's let our God know. We love him. We're following him. We will not be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and then to the Greek. I'm in. And I'm in with my God. Man, if you have not been baptized since you believed in Christ, it's for you. I still don't know what it looks like. Can you help me understand? Help me understand how it's going to go down. We got a little video for you. When God moves, uh, people pay attention. When God moves, many believe in the name of Jesus Christ. When God moves, people believe in Jesus Christ. We see a huge turning over of people on fire for Him now. No more small man made stuff. Big time, Jesus Christ worshiped. I grew up not knowing what it was like to feel love and confused what it was like to feel love. Throughout years, I abused alcohol, drugs, sex, looking for things all in the wrong places. I was just like that little sheep that Tim talks about where I had walked away so far from the Good Shepherd. My best friend died of a traumatic brain injury. My, I was struggling with the divorce of my parents. And I was struggling with faith and not not knowing really what to do. I never thought I was good enough or that I deserved to be saved. I've done a lot of wrong things. And I didn't think I was worthy of his love. Went through several rehabs and doctors saying that I was going to be an addict for the rest of my life. And uh, so looking in a mirror one day, I realized that that's who I was going to be and that I was worthless to everyone. So that hope Darkness tremble in your light. Every eye will say, Jesus, our God, great and mighty to be 
heard a message, and the pastor and the Lord were both speaking to me, and I realized I had never been alone. And I just got down on my knees and prayed, and, and I thanked God for forgiving me of my sins. Now I have God, and He is always with me, and He will always be number one in my life. And that was November 4th was the day that He saved my life. That I got down on my hands and my knees, and I prayed to God. And I asked him to please forgive me. And he did. And the next morning I woke up, I was free of my addiction. Uh, I had his Holy Spirit in me and the love that I'd never felt before. I realized during peak performance that I was standing on the sidelines and just kind of watching the game go by. And last weekend when you were preaching, you had us raise our hand, you know, if we said that prayer. And I did. And it was just kind of an awakening moment, and I asked Christ to help me, and I committed my life to Christ on August 26, 2011, and I turned everything over. In higher ground in about third or fourth grade. On Valentine's Day, 2013. Well, it happened here on opening day, November 11, 2012. Let me just say, on 11-11, I was all in. I want to be able to tell people what it's like to be all in. To To tell everybody that I'm all in for Jesus. Because I want to be all in. I'm all in. To show God and everybody that I'm all in. I just want to celebrate that Jesus is my Savior and I'm not ashamed of Him. To not only tell by my words, but show by my actions that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. To show God and everybody that I have total faith in Him and my life is His. Uh, to show everyone that uh, I'm going to take that walk with Christ from now on. This is my proclamation from witnesses that... I truly love Jesus Christ and I'm going to give myself to God. Because we serve an awesome God and I want to show the world that I'm serving Him and I'm after Him. And I just want all of you to know that I love Him very much, very much. I want to show the world that I love Jesus and that um, He's our Savior and that I always want to follow Him. And I, I, I just want to show so much I love Christ. Amen. It's been changing me so much this year and I'm not the same person I used to be. I love it. This is a stake in the ground so that I can go forward chasing uh, the Lord, our Savior, and our King. I just want to be baptized to let everybody know that uh, we're going after Christ. Uh, he's our Redeemer. He's my Redeemer. He's our Savior. And I'm so excited just to be called His Son.
All right. So that's baptism. That's what it looks like. That's declaring it. That's next week. And uh, so we need to know if you'd like to be joining us in that. I'm going to have some ushers coming down. And they're going to be passing some cards down the road. Do me a favor while you're wiping the tears out of your eyes. Why? Isn't that powerful testimony? It's a good time. As, you're, as we're passing these down the road, everybody take one. All right. Everybody take one. You know how we do it here. Everybody take one. And uh, I'm not filling it out. Everybody take one. Okay. And then if you are wanting to be baptized next week, please take this time right now. I'll call the worship team forward. They can go on ahead and come on up if you want to do that. And... Um, While you're taking this time to fill it out, please consider right now, this is a chance for us to take a stand for our king. I can't wait for next week's celebration. I love these moments. They are powerful. All right. And so let's just take time right now, get this card filled out. Um, You might actually be asking, I really don't even know how it goes down. What happens? So as these cards are coming through, let me just say this. You'll fill it out. Everybody's going to hand their cards back to the usher at the end. I didn't put anything on it, blank or not, back at the end, all right? And uh, we'll use the blanks again at the 11. So blank or not, back at the end. And uh, we will take these cards, go through. We'll take the names that have filled out, and we'll be giving you a call this week, probably by midweek. Be patient with us. We're going to be organizing names. So by Wednesday-ish, maybe Thursday morning early, somewhere right in there, you'll be getting a call from a pastor, and we're going to try to organize out and uh, be able to set it up so that uh, you can be baptized the next week. We'll be talking through those two questions with you and helping you nail down that testimony. So that will be our work with you. You hear me? You're not alone on that. That's our work with you, and we'll work that through, and we'll get it together, and, uh, and then we'll uh, have you come next week, a half hour before the service you're going to be baptized at, and uh, kind of walk through the finals with what's going on over here, all right? So while you're just taking this time, let's just go to prayer at the moment as well, and uh, if you, it's okay to keep filling it out during the prayer time. That's, that's not a sin, okay? <laughs> so keep filling that out, and uh, let's just pray right now and dedicate this moment to our God.